let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? I'm not the girl your mom warned you about. Her imagination was never this good. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's your favorite girls next door. I'm Becky from the block. I'm Shay. I'm Britt Brat. And we are so excited that you're back for episode two. And to be honest, we're super excited that you came back because you actually don't know who the fuck we are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you took a leap on faith and came back to listen to us. And you have no idea who we are. But really, we are just the girl next door. We three girls from Kentucky. Shout out to Big Blue Nation. Yeah. Go cats. Go cats. We've been friends for like 10 plus years. And we be having a good ass time. And we be kicking in. And we just want to include y'all on this kiki, basically. So thank you for coming back. Let's get episode two started. Yes, absolutely. So for our neighborhood watch this week, we got lots going on in the report. We finally got a Keisha Cole and Ashanti um, versus battle after, you know, 40 days and 40 nights and everything else. So the ghetto. Um, there was lots of chatter about this, particularly about the Doritos bag. <laughs> well, according to Ashanti, Doritos cut her a check and Keisha Cole did not get one. She had a Doritos bag. It was just a prop in the background, y'all. Yeah. It is ghetto as fuck. But that Doritos cut her a check. So she put the prop up for the Doritos. Listen. But again, it was ghetto. Get your money, sis. It wasn't even, it was the way that it was like sitting there. <laughs> like, right. It, like it was a fucking prop. Like I get that bottle. And, and can we backtrack like Ciroc? Who the fuck drinks Ciroc now? Why do they keep like Ciroc sponsors everything? But don't nobody drink it. Girl, let me tell you this. If Ciroc were to call us right now and say, if you stream this podcast with this rock bottle, bitch, there will be a wall full of them back here. Okay. Every flavor. I'm going to be right here holding my Ciroc bottle with my bonnet and my robe that y'all be talking about me recording in. Listen, if Diddy cut the check, we're going to have Ciroc all up and through this. saying, like, no, nobody drink that shit. But. I didn't say that. So if you want to send some bottles. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I, I do a little th- something for a little piece change, you know, a little strange thing for a piece change. So we're going to see. Lord Jesus. But did y'all see where Keisha, so like, of course she was late. I mean, this whole thing was late. The event was late. So there's, yes. <laughs> but then Keisha was also late. She was in the building. She just wasn't in front of the screen, but she went back right. and said that. So it, I mean, I thought she was in the building. Weren't they at like her? Ha- I mean, not her house, but like, wasn't that the whole point? Was for y'all to be where the fuck y'all was at? Because y'all got COVID. Like, wasn't that while we rescheduled? She was upset about the setup that she was on the bottom, and the comments were covering her face. So she was having a oh. moment. Yeah. But uh, we didn't come here to see y'all. We came here to listen to y'all's music. Like, yeah. Right. Is this your first verses? About have you never seen these before? Like. I just, maybe she felt like she was the queen and she should be on top, but she should not have been on top with as drunk as she was, whining and shit. And then when she was like arguing with Ashanti about who got to go next, she's like, I got to go next. And Ashanti was like, no, you started the last one. And Ashanti politely said, play the song. (laughs) Because she was like, I did, and I'm going to start this one too. And then Ashanti was like, no, you're not. 
<laughs> but you know, before the versus battle started, like I just knew Keisha was gonna win that. But you know, after listening to it, I think Ashanti won. Mm, yes. I mean, I, I'm clouded by the antics. I have to go back and listen. I'll listen on Apple Music and it's on a school night. Bitch, yes. I'm tired. <laughs> Y'all got to do this on Saturday at 8 p.m. when I got time to play. But on Thursday, Becky in bed at 10 30. Yeah. Listen, I, I agree. I was overshadowed by the antics, but a good Ashanti Ja Rule hit. I mean, yeah, those are my kind of music. So I'm I'm probably a little partial. We're there. just over it at that point. Shit, we done, like you said, waited 40 days, 40 nights. At this point, y'all owe news. Like all that being said, um, Ciroc and Doritos, okay? <laughs> if y'all would like to be featured on the pod, that ain't no problem. We can have our people call your people, whatever. It's it's whatever. We can do that. <laughs> In the same realm of music and the like, Danny Lay mm. had released a song that I do believe is now removed because in preparation for this episode, I tried to go and find it and all I could find were snippets and I, I think that she actually did get it removed. But she had a song called Yellow Bone that stirred up the neighborhood. The neighborhood was all a fuss about this song um, called Yellow Bone and then subsequently about her response to the backlash of the song. So essentially, she has this song called Yellow Bone. The lyrics, it ain't really talking about a whole lot. It's, it's not important. I mean, well, let's just start off by saying the song is trash. <laughs> <laughs> trash, trash, trash. Regardless of what the fuck she's talking about. Tell the people how we played the song on YouTube and we thought somebody else thought it was clickbait. Like, oh, this is not the song. And then we found it. We said... Oh, bitch, this is <laughs> so like that song needs to be removed. Like the song yeah. needs to be removed. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the song it was trash. But again, let's go to her apology. This bitch was literally reading the white racist Bible. Like she had three comments. I date a whole chocolate man. <laughs> I have beautiful dark skin friends. I got black friends, and skin isn't something I see, bitch. Yo, how many percent of her European side? You got that straight from them. Literally from them. Like, that is what everybody says when it's like something racist. I don't see color. I have black but, friends. But she's saying she don't see color and made a song, whole song about, yeah, about being a yellow yeah. <laughs> like, What? I don't see color unless it's the title of my song and the entire concept of my whole single. Go what? And yeah, no. you dating a whole black man, so you need to see color. You need to recognize color. Because why you let her come out with some shit like this? Because you dumb. Yeah, period. <laughs> well, child. Good luck, sis. Good, <laughs> Good luck. You will get no more streams from us. Not one. I wonder if that counted as a stream when we tried to play her song. Bitch, I don't know, but we played it once for the three of us, so at least, there we go. We done. That's all you get. Mm -hmm. Well, removed. So, all right. And then lastly, so Brittany got us on this kick to watch The Bachelor, which admittedly is new to me and Beck. Mm -hmm. um, we have been watching these episodes that are two hours long. Okay. I've been seeing y'all on my timeline talking about The Bachelor. Y'all are real excited. DJ Envy be talking about The Bachelor in the morning. 
how the fuck are y'all watching these episodes that are two hours long? That's number one. I just, I, I don't I'm, have time for it, but I got multiple bones to pick, but I'm going to start the fuck off by having a bone to pick with you two talking about some, Beck, you should go on The Bachelor. I'm going to slap every hoe on there. Now, y'all know good well, that is not the show for me. Right. You don't need to go on The Bachelor. No, no. Like, what? when I watched the first episode, I had the mind to call y'all and cuss y'all the fuck out then. Like, <laughs> like why Why would I go on this show? That's A, because them hoes is extra in drama field. I can't do that. True. B, y'all be kissing these niggas in the mouth. Let's talk about oh, that. Oh, yes. About how everybody is kissing this man and y'all are competing. Like, that's just gross. Y'all, I'm going to tell y'all, we're going to go back to my, the people to be in my DMs. Do not motherfucking kiss me in my mouth, okay? <laughs> I, and I have that problem or that stance even outside of COVID. To me, I think kissing is intimate. We are not intimate. No, do not kiss me in my mouth. When you got a little, you know, a little, a little fuck buddy or whatever, y'all kissing him in the mouth. No, <laughs> kissing these people in the mouth. This is disgusting. Like really gross. Yeah. And I know that y'all are like on this show, they quarantine and oh. tested and all that, but it's still a pandemic, bitch. I uh, I was it, outside of the pandemic, y'all hoes are still kissing people in the mouth. That is gross. Gross. Peck me on my forehead if you must, but do not kiss me in my mouth. And it's like Tongue and all, like yes. this. Yes, this yes. is dumb. I, I can't. Yes, I can't. Oh, that stressed me out. That stressed me out heavily. Maybe you shouldn't be like a contestant. Maybe you just need to go on there and pick and it. do what. Pick what else I'm supposed to do if I'm not a contestant? No, I take it back. I don't think you should go. I do think that you should do a show right. like um, what was the show on Netflix? Love is blind. Yeah. Oh, no, baby, because their teeth might be crooked. You would struggle with that, but I think that it would be good for you. I think she should be, like, the lead person. She can oh, so oh, be, the be the bachelorette. Yeah, the bachelorette, yeah. Yeah, I still think that's a hard no, because now let's flip it. If I got these grown men out here crying about some shit and I didn't know you for two weeks, it's a no. What the fuck are you crying about? You do not know me. You, you do not know me. I do not know you. Do not kiss me in the mouth. Do not touch me. Why are you crying? Back to the back to homeboy. Okay. What was your next bone? What bone you got to pick? I think. Oh, so my next bone, as Bar said, I think I saw, but it's not Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria is trash. Okay, and she's drama filled. I'm convinced that she is here for ratings. I think Chris has talked to The Bachelor. What's his name, Chad? I don't even know. Oh, Matt. Yes. Yeah. Matt. I think he has talked to Matt and requested that we keep the Queen Victoria for ratings because there's no way on God's green earth that Victoria is still in this house as trash as she is. She's drama filled. She acts like a child. And this is probably mean, and I'm really sorry. But I think she's a little dirty. Where did you come up with the fact that she was dirty? <laughs> well, based on her appearance, I thought that she was dirty. But then last night, she had a stye on her eye. And what's the stye come from, uh, nurse practitioner Brittany? <laughs> well, the old people's going to say pissing outside. <laughs> right. Okay. But what's the, what's the book say, nurse practitioner Brittany? I mean, it's it's a bacteria. Like... Hello, you not cleaning your eyes, you're not washing your face, you dirty. You putting on this makeup every day for this show, you dirty. You oh my god, the style. 
I, I couldn't concentrate on the show because I was like, did somebody punch her? And we had to zoom in. And I was like, oh, she got a staff. She got to do better with herself. Well, I was watching um, the previous episode with where she went and told on um, Marilyn and was like, basically, you know, she just has negative energy. She was like, and I'm an empath. Girl, you don't have emotion. No, you don't. Okay. But she was like, I'm an empath and da da da. So she went and told Matt. All the while, she got, first of all, dressed awful. We're going to start there. Then she got up to walk out of the room and she had like a low back dress with her whole bra just in the back of the dress. And I'm like, I need you to focus on you. I need you to worry about yourself. Mm -hmm. I need you to worry about yourself before you worry about Marilyn. Yeah. However, lots of bones to pick, as you said. So I'm going to start with a little little nugget here. Um, in the first two hour episode, which on any normal show would be at least two episodes, just sidebar. Yep. But first episode, he was talking to the host and he was like, basically saying that he feels a lot of pressure because he's the first black bachelor. Mm -hmm. And that people, quote unquote, are going to want him to end up with certain people of a certain race. And he just feels a lot of pressure from that. Sir, what advice is this white man going to give you? Looking to him for permission for this to be okay. What the fuck? He's like, I just, I want to talk to you about this. Excuse me, white man. I would like to talk to you about how I really want to date white women and I think the blacks are going to be mad. Like, sir, at this point, interracial relationships are a thing. Love who you love. Ain't nobody tripping. But like the fact that you needed to make this disclaimer, that's what it felt like to me. It was like, I need to make this disclaimer before these girls get out the car so that people don't feel away if I don't choose that girl. But I was also floored. Some of the ways that these women was pulling up on the first episode when they get out the car, my secondhand embarrassment does not allow me to like, I watched, I would say at least 25% of the show underneath my sheets. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I can't watch, I can't watch. I can't watch. Like, embarrassed. Homegirl showed up with a whole vibrator. A vibrator. Yeah. And then tapped the other girl on the shoulder with the vibrator. Well, that's gross. But like you brought it, that's understandable. It's just, I mean, okay, let's let's think about it for a second. You are showing up to this show. You have a 30-second first impression to get out of a car. What are you going to do? Vishay, go. Girl, you know, you know good damn well I would not survive this show, bitch. I'll ask you that, okay? I said, and your 30-second impression, because you judging bitches that showed up with their vibrator. So I, I did. know what you would do when you showed up for your 30-second impression. Okay, what I would probably do is I would probably take like a basketball or a football and I would like toss it at him and we can maybe talk about sports. That would probably be well. That would be cute. Okay, okay. Britt, what you doing? I'm boring. The fuck, wait. So they, this is them introducing. So I didn't get backstory. I didn't got these hoes watching The Bachelor, y'all, and I ain't watched one episode yet. So, so (laughs) I'm just, I'm just gonna pull up fine as fuck. Like, I'm not bringing no props. I ain't doing all that. I'm- she said it's unnecessary. I don't need it. Yeah, I think I would just pull up with some liquor, though. There you go. Take a shot. 
Like, yes. you need to look at her, make it through this, baby. You standing out here for a few minutes. You need some beer goggles on to look at these other females. I got you. Here goes some shots. I see you inside. Okay, what you bringing? What 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 you bringing? Oh damn! Don't put me on the spot like that because I fake um don't know liquor for real. But what would I take a shot of? Yeah. Um, some some type of tequila. Yeah, I like do say lemonade, but we not making a mixed drink. So I might do one of them. We we might do that. Or you know, I'm not really a fan. Of, I'm just now starting to drink tequila as I'm trying to have less calories. Um, so let me come back to that. Okay. Neighborhood, let me know what I need to be drinking because I'm trying to be on a diet because I'm trying to be slim thick, you know, whatever. So I get a man because I'm obviously not going on the show to get one. So let me know what I need to be drinking. I'm pulling up with some makers. I like makers. It's never done me wrong. Yeah. yeah. It just puts a little hair on your chest, baby. Yeah. yeah. You know? Shout out to Kentucky. Get a little wrong. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. I think that's all my bones to pick right now. I'm just, they annoying, but now I feel like I'm invested. And I report next week. We can do it at the end of our neighborhood watch. He is like very socially awkward to me, <laughs> but he lots of whatever. Rebecca. You can, ma'am. What? That was my observation. I mean, he on the spectrum a little bit. That's okay. A lot of people's on the spectrum. That is your neighborhood watch for the week, Lord. Hey guys, thanks for listening to your favorite girls next door. Here at YFGND, we support black business. Well, we support everything black, but especially black business. So we are still keeping a lookout for all of your businesses, products, services, etc., that we can highlight on our show. All you have to do is share our YFGND supports black business Instagram posts and make sure you tag us. Also, our word on the street this week is gonna be a little bit different. Unfortunately, Brittany couldn't join us for this part of the episode, but we do have a special guest who is going to talk to us about how we get to where the money resides. Let's go. Alrighty, guys, it is time for Word on the Street. So we know this is our second episode, so just a reminder of what Word on the Street is. This is where we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into a topic it can be a serious topic. It can be something lighthearted last week, as we talked about Lori and Michael B. But with that, word on the street right now is in 2021, we're going to be where the money resides, honey. Today, we have a special guest and we're having a block party because obviously, when people come together in the neighborhood, you got to have a block party. So, yeah. give me something to drink and sit back with us. But we have the millennial next door, Mr. Andre. Welcome. Hey, hey, how are you ladies doing today? Hi. So, we know a little bit about you, but you know, how, why do you know where the money resides? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my background is really more so in insurance. And then one day my friend, she talked to me and she was like, you know, people will pay you to tell them what to do with their money. And that just like kind of blew my mind. This is like back in, what was like 2015? I had no idea about it before. Wow. And I'm good with my money in the sense that I'm just a cheap person. So no, like um, I started studying for the certified financial planner designation. I got into financial coaching and that's what kind of helped me get into the whole money world. Like, as I'm learning everything, I decided to share it on the blog and the mm -hmm. blog did well. Instagram page did well. And so I said, okay, you know what? The financial advisor route, just because you have a little bit more of a compliance issue, 
I decided just to do a financial influencer, which I didn't know even existed at the time. And that's like what I've been moving on towards now. So, so far it's been fun. Like I've been enjoying it. I just love helping people with the money. So tell us a little bit, again, you've been doing some research, but right now, again, everybody's trying to be where their money resides. Investing is a big thing. So tell me a little bit about investing um, versus the stock market, you know, investing, getting insurance. Um, I'm not well versed in this at all. I'm just a cheap person. My friends be like, Becky's rich. No, I'm just cheap as hell. Okay. Um, so I really need to figure out how to use my money to make more money. Yeah. 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 I feel you on that one. So you know what? And this is like a small plug. I hate to do it, but um, so I do the podcast as well. You know, the Flavor Podcast. Mm-hmm. And the whole meaning behind it is there are so many different flavors of investing your money. So now whether you're talking about investing into houses, trucks, you got people who make cones on the side of the wall making a killing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's just a lot of ways to invest your money. So I always say, you know, when it comes to investing, it's just making your money work for you. In that general sense, that's it. Because I always say, even for Beyonce, amazing as she is, you know, she only got 24 hours in the day. Right. And some of that is going to spend time sleeping, obviously. So it's like, how can you make your money work for you when you are sleeping, when you're busy? And that's what investing is. Now, for me, I do focus on the stocks. That's just what I find interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, you know, to see what companies doing. I'm always up in the news. And even inside the investing world of stocks, there's a lot of ways to make money there as well. So for me, we can say I'm a long-term investor mm-hmm. in the sense I will find a good company such as Facebook, Amazon, Apple. Now I'm investing in them for the long term. And okay. ideally, 10 years from now, I'll be able to like hopefully cash out on some of these things. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of keep it all moving. <laughs> right. So that's when you say long term, let's break it down for the neighbors as well. Like what is truly long term? Because long term for some people is a year, but it, you know, it's really not long term. You know what? Neighbors, really? That's about right, actually. So like the book definition of long term, so that's such, such a thing as long term stocks is usually more than 365 days. Short term <laughs> would be less than that. But yeah, for the most part, yeah, one year, that's pretty long term. Honey, I wish I would have known. So let me tell you, okay. I don't, as I told you guys, I don't know much about investing in things like that. I know how to save money, just fight out, save money. But again, I'll listen to other people. I remember when Bitcoin really hit the market. What was that, like two uh, years ago? Yeah. I know, I know. Listen, listen to me. Hear me <laughs> out. Though. I don't know. And I was listening to some nigga, you know, I should have known then. Like, you should get into Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get into Bitcoin. So I go drop some money in Bitcoin, right? Right where I'm a little late to the party. It's like maybe 12 to 18. So I'm like dropping in money anywhere in between there. Lose all of it. Every bit of it. It went from 12 to 18 and then it dropped down to like six the next week. So I'm peed off. So I steal my little $500 back out that I had left. That's all I had left for all the money I put in there. I was like, I'm taking this, I'm running. It had been like two months. Well, last week, Bitcoin was 43. Yep. That's crazy. I'm pissed right now. I'm pissed. So again, if I would have left my little bit of 500 at the moment in there, because I put a few thousand in there that I really was not in the business to be losing, but I mm-hmm. lost it. But I'm like, if I just would have set still until now, it would have had that 43. I definitely would have cashed out. I don't really care how much further it's going up. I'm about this bitch. Nope. Out. <laughs> you know, yeah, when it comes to Bitcoin, I can't really say that much about it because I'm just ignorant. I'm, I still don't even understand it. 
But I will say this for like a majority of thinking long term, sometimes selling a stock is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, my story was I invested into Signet Jewelers. And I'm going to give a quick disclaimer. Y'all, I'm not a financial advisor. This is all for <laughs> educational purposes only. So, you know. Yes. Say that one more time. One more time for the the good listeners. Yes. Educational purposes only mainly. This means don't take all your money out and invest in some stock I say just because you heard it on the podcast. But uh, no, like for me, I invested my first stock in Signet Jewelers. And it's this company that owns the majority of all the diamonds in the world. It seems smart. I paid $80 for it for one stock. And yeah, that thing tanked like it tanked like down to the $36 now. And yeah, I had to jump off ship. And that was three years ago. So once I saw that, maybe the $40 range. But you know, sometimes you gotta cut your losses. Right. So how do we how do we start? Like again, don't don't be like me. I feel like every week I'm telling people not to be like me. Do not be like Becky. Don't <laughs> be listening to niggas all willy-nilly. But you know, for people that are out here really trying to be where the money resides in 2021, where do we start? So Becky, I get that question a lot. I mean, people ask me. Hey, Andre, how do I start investing? And they mm-hmm. think it's a simple one minute conversation. And it's like nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. So last year, I had the bright idea to teach people how to invest by taking my course. And basically, on that, it goes through a lot of information. And the goal is to make anyone feel more comfortable with investing. So okay. that'd be my first um, suggestion. And y'all, the course is completely free. Is based mm-hmm. on the Goodwill method. So if you want to pay for it, you can. It goes to a monthly donation. Um, so pay for it. Don't pay for it. As long as you get information, that's all I care about. But yeah, I would say take the course and actually learn and practice from it. And there's a website called Investopedia. Okay. And what that thing does is, one, it's a great resource for investing in anything financial. But they also have a stock simulator. So you can kind of play in the stock market. So you can really test some of your methods, some of your strategies out without losing any real money. Because, you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, it's just like playing some play money. So, yeah, take a chance with some money, but don't like be taking a thousand, two hundred thousand dollars if you don't know what you're doing. Okay, okay. And so this Investopedia in your course, do again, do you focus more on stocks or do you have insurance in there as well? Because I feel like every day on LinkedIn, somebody hits me up asking me if I have a financial plan. Yeah, so I keep the two actually separate. You know, even though I did used to work in the insurance world and I still am for like, what was like 10 years now? I believe insurance products are for insurance. That is to limit your risk. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Investing is for investing. So I take the two separate. And Becky, I understand where you're coming from because it's a little bit of uh, a great area in the financial world because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can call themselves a financial planner. Right. So you can have the designations, you can have the series, you can have none of it. People in the insurance world, they talk about it. People often think that this is the best investing options they have. And that's what they'll stick with. So usually from what I've seen for the insurance products, and this is why I don't include it in the course, my course is strictly on the stock trading, but for like insurance products such as life insurance, variable life insurance, index life insurance, you'll get a little bit money back. But I mean, you can do that in the same for an index fund and call it a day. So okay. you know that's why I stick towards the stock side. <laughs> 
Okay, and then you throwing some words out here now, child. Index fund. You we we needed the, some definitions. We gotta go back a little bit. Index oh, fund. Yeah, yeah. So index fund, y'all. That is basically a basket of stocks. Simple as that. So let's just think. Um, an index fund can be the spy. Um, that's ticker symbol SPY. And that's what you can type into on Robinhood app or Weeble, whatever you're doing, you're investing. Now, what they do is they track the top 500 companies that are public. And what they do is they'll do small percentages of the company. So the first company that might have 3%, the second company might have 2.5% and so on and so on till they get to the whole 100% of the index fund. Now, the best thing about index funds is they are pretty low on the expense side and it really limits the risk. So, you know, instead of being invested into one company, you know, if company ABC goes bankrupt, you go bankrupt. If that happens in an index fund, you lose 3%. So it's a good way to really just limit your risk and still see growth because at the end of the day, historically index funds, they do still grow. And, you know, it beats a savings account rate. So, you know, you probably get like an extra 5 to 8% on an annual basis. Right. Gotcha. Well, you mentioned Robinhood. What are some other apps or um, tools, I guess, that you would recommend or that you've used to help you with investing? For me, I first started out with the micro savings app. So that would be Stash, Acorns. I'm sure they got a few of the other ones out now, but those are the two I mainly remember. Mm-hmm. They do investing. Now, what they do is they will put your money in an index fund. So it's not going to be to the point where you can trade your own stocks. So for me, I looked at more as just saving money. And what I would usually do is I'll pay off a credit card as I save more money in the, in the app. So after I get $500 in the app, I'll save it in a credit card because I didn't really use it for investing. But that one can still be used for investing. For Robinhood, I think that's they're probably the most popular one. And just because they have the free trade, they were really known for that prior. But yeah, um, I think the bad thing about Robinhood actually is it gives beginners too much access. So there's such a thing called option trading and trading. We won't have enough time to really go into it. <laughs> but, you know, pretty much it's like more riskier investing options. Uh-huh. And I promise you guys, like, you know, you can win a lot of quick money. You can lose a lot of quick money just like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I usually tell people don't do Robinhood if you're a beginner or just kind of understand what you're actually doing. Because, yeah, I've seen people lose thousands easy. Another one is Stockpile. Stockpile is really good for beginners. They have a great platform for education side. So, you know, if you if you don't feel like you're getting what a stock is or index fund is, I also just Stockpile. They really focus on the teaching aspect compared to Robinhood. You know, yeah, you just kind of thrown in the water. Yeah, outside of that, other tools would be, you know, Yahoo Finance, great for researching stocks in the news, and Morningstar. Interesting. Because I know that Robinhood is very, like you said, very popular. I've heard of people using that very often. And so I'm interested to hear, and I'm glad that you mentioned that it maybe gives people that don't exactly know what they're doing a little too much freedom. Yeah. (laughs) the uh, from, like Charles Schwab Fidelity, they'll ask questions just to see if you're even on that level. But you know, once you sign up for Robinhood, you got access to anything and everything. Ooh, <laughs> what about apps like um, 
Cash App, I believe, now has like an investing option. I would say for Cash App, and I know there's like another one that does Bitcoin too. For those apps, not that I don't trust them, I'm gonna say they're probably good, but just go to Robinhood or Stockpile or Weeble. You know, it's like if I'm gonna get a salad, I'm not gonna Popeyes. Simple okay, like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Cash App is doing investing too. It's like everybody's doing it nowadays. I'm just gonna stick with the apps that focus on investing. That's true. That's a fair point. You know, I try. I try. <laughs> yeah. So how much, again, we've thrown out some numbers, whatever. We're not in people's business. Also, we talked about it last week. Don't count other people's coins. Amen. But <laughs> how much would you say as a new investor should we be putting into investing? I would say invest what you can afford to lose. Okay, so people steps in personal financial freedom. And they say, okay, well, I'm going to invest, but you got a bunch of credit card debt. You're living paycheck to paycheck. You got Mm -hmm. bigger problems to solve. Mm -hmm. And investing is not going to solve all of them. Right. I would say, you know, do what you can afford to lose. I think when I first started out, I was doing like maybe 30 bucks here, 40 bucks here. Now I try and do $200 on every paycheck. So do what you can afford to lose. And it's to the point now where I'll say a good 80% of places where you can buy stocks they have these things called fractional shares so you don't even need all the money to buy stock of amazon you can buy a percentage of it so if you only have 500 you buy 500 worth of amazon and that might be like what 0.15 percent of a share of amazon right that's a really good way to get started i think especially in you know the african-american community there's still the mind that you need to have $10,000 to even think about investing. But you know, it's like who has $10,000 laying around all at once? Right. And that's why you hit a good point where it's like in the black community, it's like we're looking sometimes at some of our white counterparts that can Mm -hmm. lose 20 stacks and go to daddy. We are not all blessed like that. So when you see us like investing, like, oh, we gotta go, we gotta go drop 30 real quick. No, you don't, you can go drop $30 yeah and see what that does but you don't have to go drop your whole savings and now when you know it didn't go quite the way you wanted it to you don't have any more liquid assets that you can use in your current life now we sitting here looking like what do we do now right, right. And, you know it's definitely hindsight's 2020 so people definitely say nowadays it's like if i would invest this much in tesla so mm. on and so on but you know at the end of the day you didn't the past it doesn't matter anymore Mm-hmm. If you can't afford one full share, just do what you can now. Growth is still growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might say your friend makes a thousand dollars from a stock in a day. You might make only ten dollars. Take the ten dollars and run. Call it a day. I mean, growth is growth, y'all. <laughs> uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So also, when I hear a lot when people say, "Is your portfolio diverse?" What does that mean? So I mean, I'm like, I don't know. I got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's different different <laughs> types of you know stuff in here. But what does that mean? That is a very good question. I'm glad you brought it up. So my father, he is, how old is the man? He's like 65 now mm-hmm. and he does medicine. So he said something to me just this past weekend. And he said, I always wish I would diversify the way I make money because now mm-hmm. he's stuck in medicine. That's the only way he can really make money. Mm-hmm. So think of diversification, very similar to that. If you have only one stock of Facebook and Facebook tanks, 
right alongside with it. If they do well, you do well. But it's like, do you want to take that risk? So when I think about diversification, for me personally, I'll break my money down into four parts. So let's say I get $100. I spend 30% on what I would consider safe stocks. So that would be Amazon, Apple, you know, like companies I feel are going to be around for the long term. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take another 30%. That would be from a little bit more mid-risky stocks. So that might be like Carnival Cruise Lines, Royal Caribbean, you know, trying to get some good deals in there. Okay. And then very importantly, I have 30% for index funds. I use that as the base of my financial portfolio. Because at the end of the day, index funds are going to be a little bit safer. And, you know, I'm still young to say if, if all the stocks tank, I can still recover. So that's what I have my index funds for. And 10%, I got for like really risky stuff. Uh, that'd be like, I guess, the Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies. Right. Like stuff I wouldn't really invest a lot into just because at the end of the day, it's still risk. It's a lot of volatile. And that's how I diversify my portfolio. So yeah, it's just important so you don't lose all your money in one item. Yeah, definitely. I never thought about it like that. No, I mean, you want to do that really in your life. So, you know, like I gave the example for my father because it just really fit. But for me, I probably have a good five streams of income these days because you never know what's going to happen. Like if I lose my job in insurance, I need income still coming in. So, you know, diversify your portfolio, diversify your income as well. Yeah. So how do you know, I know we talked a little bit about long-term and short-term. How do you know when to pull your money out? That is my struggle with investing. Um, My husband is very risk, I'm very risk averse and he is the opposite of that. He would put every paycheck we ever earned into stocks if he could. And as soon as we lost 50 cents, I would be like, pull my shit out right now. (laughs) Take it out. So how do you determine when it is a good time to cash in your stock versus when you should just let it sit and continue to grow? Yeah, the first thing that teaching that course is have a goal. If you don't have a goal, you're going to be lost about that all the time. So some typical goals can be like, I want dividend income. So you invest in company ABC, and as long as they keep paying dividends, you keep the stock. They stop, you sell the stock. Mm-hmm. Simple. Um, another goal might be, I want to get an extra 20%. You can just wait for that 20% to come and kind of check in on like probably like on a quarterly basis. Like if it's a volatile stock, checking on it way more frequently. But if it's a regular stock, regular company like Kroger's, you know, quarter basis is fine. And if you see it's not meeting your expectation, do your research, say, okay, this is why I think it was gonna increase now, or this is why I think it's gonna decrease in the value and I should sell it now. And then, you know, I also have other goals. It'll be like time-wise, so when the, whole COVID thing happened. I bought a lot of cruise stocks and I was in the mindset of for my goal to say, hey, I believe these cruises are going to come back. But my goal for them is to trade the stocks soon as they are able to sail again. So once they can sail, I'm imagining it's going to pop and then I'm going to sell all my stocks. And I'm going to be done and I'm going to call it a day. But yeah, you know, it's very personal and that's just because finance is personal. When I sell a stock doesn't mean you should sell a stock. I mean, Warren Buffett, I think he sold his airplane stocks a few months ago, the same day I bought airplane stocks. So no, it doesn't really matter as far as what other people do, it matters what you do and what your goals are. 
Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense to set a goal that's both like, that's either time constraint or some type of outcome. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, unless you just want to take the money and go, which is fine. But go where? Like I said, you take your money and what do you do? Go put it in a savings account and get 0. 0.05 cents every two years. That drives me nuts. Nothing pisses me off more than getting that bank statement. Yeah. <laughs> you got 10 cents for 10 years. And it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, no, and they no. make it sound very celebratory, which was what annoyed me. <laughs> literally, literally, congratulations! Let's check your interests. Like that's stuff that we need to be teaching to high schoolers and stuff. Like I don't even feel like we got information on checking accounts and things like that. Again, why we have so many people with bad credit when they're twenty-one years old, twenty-three mm -hmm. years old. But it's like, give me stuff like that because. Again, my background in saving money, my mom still low-key put money in the mattress. She don't trust people. She put this here, tuck it around this corner, you know. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to put some money in this account. And as I was getting older, I'm like, I'm putting a lot of money in here. And they keep sending me this little letter with 10 cents. Something ain't adding up here. Like, something ain't cooking. Yeah, yeah. So I need to figure out a way that this money that's sitting is making me more money. In 2021, I'm where the money resides, but I'm not where the work resides. Because I know that the good Lord got for me it ain't to work a whole bunch. It's not. No, that's fair. We on the same page. <laughs> and then sit well with my spirit. But so I know for sure that I will be signing up for this course. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell the people again, like, how do we get to this course? How do we get to you? How do we listen to the Flavor Podcast? Because I'm sure people have lots of questions. We didn't give you all the tea. You got to come back and get some more tea on your own. So how do we oh, do yeah. So in true millennial fashion y'all can just follow me on instagram um i'm at the millennials next door you see my cute face up there somewhere <laughs> and um as far as the course i make sure i send you ladies the link and yeah um they'll just click it sign up you put in your name your email after that it's on y'all so you know mm -hmm. i'm not spoon feeding anybody now mm -hmm. all the information is right there and as far as the podcast they can just type in the flavor podcast love it love it well all right people like he said go look him up on instagram we will be sure to have all of the links on our page as well at your favorite girls next door as andre said this is educational purposes only yes. you download robin hood and you lose 10 stacks baby don't come calling us we don't got insurance i cannot help you no that's on you that's on you yeah. but we here to learn and i've learned a lot i've, I've learned a lot about having a goal about different apps and what they do, different types of investing, index funds. So I, I know that y'all have learned a lot too. That that touches my heart, y'all. I'm happy <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like more, send us word on the streets as well. Send us your progress. You know, we can share that as well. Let us know things yeah. that, because as he said, everybody's story is not the same. We are not all investing in the same thing. So, you know, slide to our DMs. Let us know, you know, some things you did as a new investor and things that we can pass along, you know, share. Because, again, we are one big neighborhood. You said, Andre is the millennials next door. We all neighbors here. All right. So, again, thank you, Andre, for joining us. So excited for our neighbors to, you know, use this information and grow. And where are we going to be in 2021? Where the money resides. Where the money resides. That's where we are. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Go home, Roger.